0: This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, Eldorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com.
1: Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way.
2: Mike McCarthy pressure coming up here in just a few minutes, but what a night it was in the association the return of jaw Steph Curry getting it done and tonight we got Clippers and Mavs Mavs looking to snap a nine game winning streak for the Clippers and we got some Mavs audio for you as well. So let's go ahead and do it shall we let's turn the lights off put the kids to bed for an afternoon nap and let's go all the way around the rim nine point seconds remaining. In his season debut for John Morant. Fighting fatigue carries the team back from a 24-point deficit. They tie it up against the Pelicans. And what's he do? Drives to the lane and just lays in a buzzer beater.
0: And he kept receipts.
2: Yes, he did. He sure did. Yes, he did. Woo! Absolutely beautiful. Uh, John Morant, what he did last night after the game, saying, quote, he told me, F no, you get the ball. So at that point, I pretty much just had to lock in and go deliver. And I did. He sure did. I mean, he is beautiful to watch play the game of basketball. I know a lot of people have their own feelings about the off-the-court stuff and certainly why he was suspended. And hopefully he's learned from that 25-game suspension. But it's good to have him back in the association, man.
0: It's, it's fun when you watch the NBA. And there's certain guys that you'll settle in, it, maybe if your team's not playing, yeah, on a nightly basis. and I, and the nba is, the NBA to me is a lot of fun just because every team has it seems like one or two stars whether you watch Minnesota with Edwards and these young, talented players. But that those last four minutes of a game, last two minutes of a game is that yeah, clutch time, crunch time, whatever. these guys, it's like all of a sudden something clicks on, and they're like, okay, we're the best athletes in the world. We. <laughs> We got the most talent, and, and now and now it turns into that battle. It's like it, what
2: Reg always says,
0: "I so yeah, just step back and watch me work." It, it's it's crazy that that the NBA is fun to watch, And especially when you have your star players playing at a very very high level. You know, uh, you know Curry knocking down a shot, you man, know and I mean, they're, they're saying,
2: they, "Hey, could could that be the jump start to turn around the man, Warrior season with Steph's magical high arc three pointer that he made? We're all waiting,
0: buried. we're all waiting for that one right there to happen, but. Man, Boston had been playing really, really, really yeah. well. Best team in the league. Best team in the league, as you would say. And and for or career those guys to get that win, That maybe that did kind of get them, at least for one night, get them in the right direction.
2: Absolutely. Shout out to THJ. He is now the family leader in three-pointers as he passed his Hall of Fame father for most threes made by a Hardaway. It's pretty cool right yeah. there. THJ was talking to CBS Sports. He said, quote, it just reflects back to the times when – We're in the backyard with all his friends. Me Mm -hmm. as a kid in middle school, high school, we're playing horse, shooting threes, shooting threes off the glass, shooting trick shots all the time, me beating him a couple times. I mean, it just goes back to all those childhood type of memories. I know uh, Pops, who's a a friend of the station, been on with KMC many times. and I mean, that's pretty cool. The legendary career that his dad had, now Tim Hardaway Jr., who's really been brilliant for the first twenty quarter, really of the Maverick season ends up now holding that edge over his dad.
0: Well, we talked about it in the first couple of segments of the, of the show today, how the older you get, the more you see like dad play and now son play. And I, I have a feeling though, with, you know, we're going to, it's only going to get better throughout and, and, and good for, you know, good for him to have the memories of that. Yeah. It must've been fun. You know, I know dad probably was gone a lot, but, you know, to to have a a dad or a mom that was a professional athlete, you know, and 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 kind of follow in their footsteps and have success, that's that's got to be something that you just you cherish because you do. You grow up now. You you probably he probably grew up in a great situation where they probably didn't have a bad basketball court out back. You know, he probably had a pretty good hoop to shoot at and, and a lot of advantage. Probably had some pretty good gear. But to, to 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 have that you <laughs> have the kind newest of,
2: balls. Yeah,
0: like I'm saying you're not. It wasn't like he was. Uh, it was like he was in French Lick, Indiana, like on the dirt. No, but that's
2: awesome. Can you imagine those one-on-one games? Yeah, in the that's driveway? what I'm saying. In the driveway, yeah, that is epic. Yeah, it really is. Iron sharpens iron, right? There you go. Rachel Nichols uh, on her show Headliners had on both Kyrie and Luca, and we'd heard Kyrie after he re-signed with the Mavs, wish that he had been drafted by Dallas, and he's really enjoying his time here. And we can't wait to get him back on the floor. It seems like he's out of the walking boot. He's been ruled out for tonight's game against the Clippers, the AAC. But Kyrie talking with Rachel Nichols about uh, what he said there and wishing he had have been drafted by the Mavericks.
1: You have even said that you wish you were drafted here. I did. I did. I just think in my heart in 2011, me getting drafted as a young person, uh, needing a lot of mentorship, needing a lot of nurturing, I can... To look back on it now and reflect, and have 2020 vision on it, and right. say, "Okay, I, I needed these I things. This. That, I could have used this." <laughs> uh, but I mean, in, uh, in present day, I'm yeah. just grateful that I'm here and um, I'm able to um, really identify the things that uh, you know one would need to be successful at the highest level. Mm-hmm. You know, all I care about is winning. That's what I've cared about since I've come into this league. Uh, so uh, I knew that. Uh, if I gave myself a chance to be around people that knew more than me, that were smarter than me in certain instances, and I can learn from, then I could be the best version of myself. So being here in Dallas affords that, and their long history of players and, and all that good stuff.
2: Would have been amazing to watch him and Dirk. Yeah. Might not, had, might not have had Luca. Maybe not. <laughs> but Kyrie might have been too good. I've developed such a new appreciation for Kyrie. And honestly, I mean, we'll see how this all plays out. But I to this point I, I was dead wrong it, about the Paris, I, I was very, yeah. very pessimistic about the move when it happened because of Kyrie's history with teams. Mm-hmm. But so far it's been fantastic here in Dallas with him.
0: Yeah, it's it's amazing when you have a support system that can help the players. And you know, the thing with the Mavericks though, they, they went through a bad time there, you know, with the front office stuff and then also though with their with their just their office in general that with Mark Cuban and others, you know, that, that, that was a, that's just an awful situation. But the one thing that they've always talked about is they do take care of their players. And obviously they've put Kyrie in a really, really good spot because he's had some very troubled times in the places he's been before. So that's uh, good for him to be able to reflect and kind of get to the right place where he needs to be. And good for the Mavs to create an environment for their players where they feel like their players can play at a, a high level and continue to grow.
2: And I think he's helped Luca mature as well. I mean, the question was can Luca play off yeah. ball? And I think I, he's taken some pressure off of Luca to yeah. a sense.
0: I think where, to be honest with you guys, I feel like Luca made the determination himself. I think Luca got tired of, of people calling him fat, mm-hmm. out of shape, uh, don't care. You know, all he cares about is offensive number. You know, I think, I think Luca took that very personally, you know, and I, I'm glad for him because you always worry when a superstar player, who is going to be the one that walks up to him or her and tells them you can be better than this. Sure, You are not doing everything in your power to be the best player you can be. And you worry about that because nobody wants to piss off the star player. Nobody wants to be that guy or Gal. So I think that Luca, yeah, Kyrie, there are a lot of is it taking off pressure? Sure. But I think there's for things for Luca that he, he heard. You know, players always say, oh, we I oh, know we block out all the noise. That's such BS. Players hear everything that we say to the point where if they could walk up to you right now and punch you in the face, they probably would because of some of the things that I've said. But that's I, I'm I'm happy for Luca that he is playing at such a high level. And, it, and it, a
2: lot of it has to do with his conditioning. Absolutely. Yeah. And any lo- I mean, he, you can tell on the floor. I mean, what he's, he's had playing to do 40 now without Tyree, it's unreal. Yeah. What, and he, and he's still giving effort defensively.
0: He still is trying. And, you know, his guys around him probably aren't the most talented You know, players. They're trying too. And it's been ugly sometimes. But to be where they're at right now,
2: I think you'd have to be pretty happy. Luca, speaking of him, he's now got a three-week-old baby girl, hashtag girl dads. That'll do something to you. Uh, also, his fiance, whom he's known since he was 11 years old. That's crazy, the two of them basically yeah. childhood sweethearts. But uh, that relationship, talking with Rachel Nichols and how maybe that kind of keeps him grounded a little bit.
1: You also got engaged in possibly the most romantic spot ever, if you look at the proposal yeah. pictures. I'm romantic guy. <laughs> are you? Guy. No. <laughs> no? I mean, you've known your girlfriend since you guys were kids. Yeah. Um, how does that relationship help you deal with all of the pressures that are on you being an NBA player and frankly carrying the responsibility of your country all the time also? I me, mean, yeah, a lot. You know, I met her in Croatia uh, in the same camping I go now. So I met her now when we were 11, I don't know, something like that. Yeah. So uh, I'm really happy to have her. Uh, it's been great. And she helps me a lot, you know. It's a lot of pressure outside. You know, mm-hmm. when I get to home, it's no basketball talk. Yeah? So, yeah, she mm-hmm. don't like basketball. She doesn't like basketball? But she goes to every game. I was which... going to say, she spends a lot of time at the arena. Yeah. I mean, she likes it now, but she didn't yeah. like it, you know. she's. Which is good for me. I really yeah. like that. Ah, oh, Luca, pretty cool there,
2: and, and a beautiful story between the two of them, joking about being a romantic. But let's turn things over to the star in Frisco, brought to you by Ford, your Texas Ford dealers. Ford is the best in Texas. Here's Coach McCarthy
3: schematically, and I think they do a great job of playing to their you know skill set of their players. But yes, I mean their, their ability to you know attack the C gap and do the things that they do, explosive both in the run and the pass. But yeah, that, that's a that's a obviously our main, our main focus.
0: Defensively, is it is it not giving them a free release, or do you have to play off? I mean,
2: how do you, oh, you mix it up? Or
3: well, I mean, you got a lot of shifts and motions and reduced splits and things like that. So, it's really, I mean, it's not that simple. You know? So, uh, I think the biggest thing is like anything, uh, whether we're putting together a, a, an offensive run plan or a defensive, you know, excuse me, plan, or on either side of the ball, you start with stopping a run and, and running the ball and then work to your protections. So, and that's definitely the case here. They're they're very dynamic.
2: Mike Todd Archer with ESPN. How much do you go back and look at the game in I think it was twenty or twenty-one uh, against Denver with F- Fangio and what they did? Oh uh, uh,
3: there'll be a point. I mean, it, it came up in conversation. It was more for the matchups. You know, um, he went to more man-to-man that day than, than prior to the game. So um, you know, so I mean, he's in a different place, different players. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, so there, there's not – I mean, I, I think it's like anything. Uh, it'll be in the game review, but it was not part of the cut-ups. John. Uh, John Michaud with The
1: Athletic. Do you have any update on Jonathan Hankins at
3: all? Uh, doing better. Uh, doing, he'd be hard-pressed to go this week, but, yeah, he's doing better. And then
1: uh, what about uh, Zach Martin and Lee
3: Coder? Uh they're, they're both in the Wednesday group, uh, so they, they won't do much today. Count.
2: Um, you talked about the run defense, and obviously having reviewed the film and sleeping on it. Mm-hmm. How did Mozzie look in that, that first
3: start and everything? Yeah, I think like anything, um, you know, the run defense, uh, you know, I, I think there's definitely plays he can learn from, you know, sport, as far as pad level. But I thought he did a good job fighting to get, you know, staying his gap, you know, fitness his gap. But I, mean, I think just like anything, it starts with, uh, you know, attacking a line of scrimmage, staying square, getting your gap. And, and then obviously the tackling was probably our biggest issue in our run defense. How
0: big was that? Like a learning experience for him. Like, well, it's got a great three. experience?
3: Well, just just start with the snaps. You know, I mean, to play that much, um, you know, it was a great experience for him. Scott, uh, Scott Dixon with VAP. More specifically on Tyreek Hill, beyond the obvious of speed, what, what do you think makes him a good receiver? Well, I mean, he's he, he, yeah. Forget about the speed. I mean, he's dynamic. Uh, you know, in what they do with him. I mean, he's he's able to play inside, outside. You know, goes in the backfield. I think. I mean, that's the things I always look for. With playmakers, I mean, you can line them up anywhere, and, he, and he's just so dangerous with the ball in his hand because he can score from anywhere. And you know, he sees you know, he, as far as playing them one on one, and all those the, the types of things are decisions you got to make. But he's a he's an extremely dynamic player.
2: Nick Nick Aristalis, Skywiz.com. Being able to limit the rushing attack around Raheem Oster and Devon Hn, what's kind of the the pre-diagnosis of that sort?
3: What's the first part of the question?
2: Uh, being able to limit the rushing attack, where he most certainly on each end going
3: into this week. Well, I mean, they're going to they're going to they're going to run the ball. I mean, so I, I think like anything, you got to, you know, there's there's how you set your plan, um, and you know, I, I think their ability to, I don't think I I'm just trying to think back through the years I, I, of a team that gets the ball on the edge as much as they do. You know, I, I think their their ability to attack the C gap and wider is, is extensive. So. Um, so that, that'll be the starting point. But, you know, both guys can can really haul it.
2: Our video team, they're doing a uh, project on the equipment. Uh, guys that you have uh, around the facility, Mike McCord and those guys, what do they contribute to this team on a week-to-week basis?
3: I mean, they're um, so important in everything we do. I mean, I think number one is people. They're just uh, – they're staples of our organization. I think they, they represent our organization exactly how you'd want them to. Uh, very professional. Um, obviously, their experience speaks for themselves. You know, I, I think they're both – 120 years old. I think they've been there since. They're, you know, I mean, these guys have been around forever. I mean, I know Mike's what 40. You know, Bucky's grew up in it. Um, so, but the thing I really like about them most is I think it's really cool when you look at their staff. You know, they have they, they got a bunch of young guys, and they they they're very good mentors to those guys. Um, so uh, I do appreciate that. But it's just like anything, they have they have excellent relationship with our players, and uh, they're very good at ju- very good at what they do.
0: Michael Gelkin, Dallas Morning News. The Dolphins are the subject of hard knocks, but it seems like they do a pretty good job, NFL Films does, of not giving too much insight in terms of their football operations. Have you guys watched it and been able to glean anything of it? No, we we'll
3: just read your articles. No, it's not. No. So, I mean, people, we have people watching, obviously. but I haven't gotten anything out of it yet. So, is that what you're looking for? Sure,
0: yeah.
3: <laughs> Was that it? I think so. It. Right. it. All right. Garrett.
0: Garrett. I thought you meant like exit oh, left. No, no, no. <laughs> I to do one more. <clears throat> I did it one more. Oh, he's got one more. Oh. Michael, Michael does that Sorry. Um, how does the Dolphins' use of motion apply stress on a defense? Is it, is it similar
3: to? You oh, know, yeah. well, how- I think like anything because you know you do so much so much of it. Um, you know, I, I just think like the basics. You know, when you when you get in there, you start looking at offenses. You know, it's just like anything. You, you want to put things in families, buckets, or every you know, high you want to explain that, and you know, as far as you know, when, when there's so much of it, you, you really don't get to see the final formation. You know, whether it's a two by two or three by one. So, you know, it's because it's all about challenging the rules of the defense. You know, and, that, and that's the mission uh, clearly uh, when you see the way they they play. And I, I think the other part of it is you know challenging the vision and the discipline of the defenders, uh, also to gain leverage points. Because you know, like I said earlier, I, I think they do. And extremely, um, just uh, like I said, I, I don't recall seeing so many C Gap or wider you know, runs in, in, in the production that they get out of the runs. So uh, so it's all those things.
2: Garrett Podell, CBS Sports. Mike, your offense is the number two scoring offense in the league. Your offense are number one. How does going up against you know the best offense in the league, how does that change your approach, if at all, to play calling, game management, things like that, knowing how potent they are?
3: Well, I think the biggest thing is is we got to maximize our effort, you know, and it's a that's against a coordinator I have a lot of respect for, um, you know, he's he's done it for a long time, uh, and I think if you watch their earlier games of the year, um, and then now I think they're playing it significantly at a much higher level of defense uh, than they were the first half of the season. So that's that's really where my focus is on. Um, but you know, and. I get the statistical. That's I mean, a great question. You know, we looked at we looked at our starts, you know, their starts, all those things. That's all part of the the Monday uh, routine with the analytics and so forth. But yeah, a fast start would definitely be uh, would be very helpful for us this week. Yes, Justin Barnes, PFN. coach. Can you
1: talk about T.J. Bass
3: and the advantage he has when veteran rest days do come up that he builds that continuity within the line? Oh yeah, I just think it's twofold. I, I think the way we've um, you know wrapped the the veterans this year, uh, with the Wednesday uh, work, um, also helps our younger players. And TJ is definitely the benefit of that. So, I mean, the, the fact that you know Tyron and Zach have, have, have been available, you know, each week is so that that's obviously a plan that's working. Uh, but it really gives us the opportunity to develop the young players, and uh, so it's a win-win. Todd, uh,
2: Mike, on Zach, he's been on this plan here the last couple of weeks as well as what Tyron's on. Is this week harder to know if he has enough because he's dealing with the quad as opposed to other weeks? And
3: where well, it might I, be. I think the process too. I mean, you know, with, with Britt, and, and I think you guys watched watched have seen the work. I mean, that's that's the hurdle you have to clear to get back out there anyway. So uh, I think it works hand in hand.
0: All righty, thank you, Mike.
2: Mike McCarthy's presser there live at the Star in Frisco. We will recap that, some updates on Zach Martin, Malik Hooker, and more. And then let's get into a little hodgepodge before we get baldy at four next year on The Fan.
1: Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand.